Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Welcome to the 590 in High School Sports Show. Here's your host, powered by Texas Podcast Media, Craig Irwin, Toby Tolis, and Trent Hart. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Trent Hart here. Is uh, Toby went MIA, Trent? Well, it's, it's starting to become a regular thing, a recurrent theme here where it's him one week and me the other week and vice versa. Yeah, I know. It's it's getting kind of crazy. I don't know if the Astros game on Monday night had something to do with it or what, but uh, definitely we're having problems getting everybody in the house. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get on the same page eventually. Eventually. One day we'll, we'll have – maybe next week we go into uh, – what week 10 next week so we're in week nine coming into this week this is uh monday as we sit down and record this so uh week nine i know I mean, we're we're so it seems like it's we blinked and it's gone i agree and it's like we blinked really fast and and, and it's gone and i'm like golly what the heck where did the time go well, it's just uh, it's just that time of year. We're so excited about every single week. They just go by so quickly, and uh, it's going to go go by even quicker because of, of the games we got lined out for week nine. I know, and, and there's some good games, right that that are that are coming that I'm like super stoked for. You know, we've talked about this week twenty, or excuse me, ten twenty week. We've talked about it for a long time, and and oh, here yeah. we, here we are. It's here. It's upon us, and uh, I, I just I don't know what to I don't know what to think about it. Of course, what you and I talked about it a little bit today. Is there's games that we thought were really going to be impactful games this week, and they're come to find out they're not as impactful. No, about I would say about sixty percent of what we thought was going to be super huge games or affect district more so than what they are, are really that big of a games. I mean, and we'll go over some of that as we go through the districts here in a little bit. But like you said, but there are some huge ones. No, there is. And, and not just in our region, but yet around the state, there's some really big games that, you know, and we'll talk about it as we progress on. But like the Stephenville-China Springs game, uh, both of those teams in the top ten, uh, you know, that's just one of of several that's going to be going around uh, here in week nine of Texas high school football. So uh, we're going to do things a little bit different this week. We've been trying to figure out we was going to do a big show, little show, big school, little school show. We was going to do uh, and then a bonus show. But now that Toby's not in here uh, on the 590 Sports Show this week, uh, we may be able to wrap it all up into one. I think we will. Um, we'll we'll touch on each of the districts and kind of discuss even where uh, some of these districts are currently standing and where they stood against, I don't know, maybe those picks that we made toward the first of the district season. Uh, 
Oh, we didn't delete those? <laughs> no, I still got them on the spreadsheet, buddy. I figured you did. And, and <laughs> I think the only thing that we're going to get right out of that is uh, out of District 9-3A, I think the four seed we got right out of that one, right? You know what I mean? And then if you look over there at uh, District 12-3 Division Two, I think that district we picked as close as what you can pick out of that district. Yeah, aside from the the Warren, but we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Yeah, most definitely. So, where do you want to start? You want to start six A and go down, or you want to start little school and go up? Either way, either way, um, you know that I have more to say about the smaller districts, so we can start at the six A level and work our way down right. if, we, if we want to do that. I, I'm totally good with that. I'm totally good with that. And I was going to run down some scores. Uh, just a couple games that we talked about last week whenever uh, you was out sick. But the Columbus-Hitchcock game, uh, Columbus wins that one big, 52-24 last week. And then Partsboro and Winsboro, almost an identical score, 52-28 in favor of Winsboro. Yeah. Yeah, both both really big games. I think we were all keeping an eye on that, even though I wasn't here uh on the show last week you know that that game was was in everybody's mind friday night for sure no it was those two games yes those two games were the two really big games that we were looking at and like really eyeing on you know what i mean as far as the big games in the area as i'm looking through the scoreboard uh new caney drops to grand oaks nine to six and their playoff hopes are pretty much out the window now as uh as that district and that district on that list that that you put together you got district 21 6a but we didn't put this district in there uh for the new caney eagles and we're going to talk about them uh we'll get started with that district first i guess is what i'm trying to say as i'm trying what's their district number district 20 13 6a 13 6a yeah it makes no sense they're in complete different regions than what north shore and them are that's right. That That's right. That's the way they broke it. that region up, it, it's it's completely backwards. So as we jump into twenty three, ex, excuse me, District thirteen six A, and you look at this, you got the Woodlands and Willis. They're both six and zero in that district. Uh, the Woodlands will move to seven zero after this week as they got Caney Creek, but Willis is six and zero. They got a, they're on a bye week. They will face up next week. Those two teams will. Oak Ridge which is another team that's been on a roll. They're 4-1. They uh, have College Park this week, and Oak Ridge has not not faced Willis. That's going to be a November 3rd game, uh, that Oak Ridge and uh, Willis game will come up. And, and I bring that up for the relevancy that, that if the Woodlands – the Woodlands and Willis, they'll match up next week. Right. right. Uh, so on ten twenty six, that's a big game at the Woodlands at Woodford Stadium. They'll probably sell that place out for that game. And, and then the Woodlands have already played Grand Oaks. Excuse me, Oak Ridge. And <clears throat> I'm trying to pull that score up. Yeah, so Willis beat Oak Ridge 55-26 back in September, early September, because this district is so big they started early, right? Right, yeah. So <clears throat> they've already they've already made – so the Woodlands is in the driver's seat. They're out of 13-6A. Willis in the two spots, 6-0. and 
Willis with the bye week. They got the Woodlands this next week, which is probably going to drop them to uh, – could possibly drop them to a 6-1 and one record. Uh, Oak Ridge, they're 4-1. and one. They have College Park, a big game this week for them. Uh, could possibly shoot them up to that 5-1 and one, uh, mark to where that Willis-Conroe-Oak Ridge game is really a big game. So the district is really already decided the top four teams – because you have the Woodlands, Willis, Oak Ridge, the Woodlands College Park, and then Grand Oaks uh, right. uh, wraps it up in the number five. So the top four teams there, uh, those are the ones that we're really looking at and going to be in that in that playoff spot out of District 13 6A. And so still another one of those districts that's going to come down to the wire really and truly on on how this district's going to shape up. Oh, no doubt about it. The the Willis-Woodlands game is going to be pretty much for the district championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much depending on what Willis does next week against, well, right. uh, against uh, well, if it'll pull up, the, the Woodlands-Willis game next week and then on 10-26 and then 11-3, kind of the 2-3 spot between either – between Willis and Oak Ridge, in my opinion, because I feel like the Woodlands is going to win that game against Willis, and then it's going to come down for the two-three spot between them two, and then you got College Park going to wrap up in the four spot as they already have two losses. And so you, you do you do think the Woodlands are going to take uh, that game against Willis? Yeah, I haven't led much into it, and I haven't talked a whole bunch about it. I've been letting you know Toby kind of have his thunder, but I do. I feel like the Willis uh, that the Woodlands. I think they're the depth that they have overall talent trumps the the lagway talent that Willis has. Okay. That, that's just my opinion whenever I look at it. Uh, you don't hear – you're not hearing about as, – as close as what I am to Willis, I read a lot of the newspaper articles and stuff and, and see a lot of stuff on social media and, and what have you. But you don't, you don't hear that Willis – that – standout running back or that standout receiver you know what i'm saying well it's all about their quarterback right correct and that's what it's all focused about focused on and he's a dual threat quarterback does a lot of work with his legs as well so you know it it makes you wonder really and truly right on how that how that shakes out so uh that's how i feel that this district is going to uh how i think it's going to shape up out of there, and, and it could go. Obviously, it could go either way. But and and two, I mean, really, is it an away game for the Woodlands? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just. Well, I'm gonna have to defer to your judgment on this on this district for sure, because all I know is is basically what uh, you guys have told me and what I've listened to uh, as far as Willis goes and the Woodlands go. Everyone else out of that, I'm I'm just kind of scoreboard watching and. If I were to take a stab at it, I was gonna I was gonna go with Willis, but you know you make a solid argument about the Woodlands there about being more well rounded. I, I feel like they are, and you know I watched the Woodlands last year in that Duncanville game, and and had plans to go to another game this year, but my Thursday nights have been pretty much sewed up with uh, the wife and and uh, Case. But really, whenever you look at it, I, I think the Woodlands is is probably twice the size of what Willis is. And I think mm-hmm. that has in in the Woodlands. It's big. They're big up front. 
they're they're just big all the way around, and I feel like that that's going to be the difference uh, in that football game. And it, and I think it's going to be a difference of the Woodlands will is the Woodlands going to capitalize much like Duncanville did against the Woodlands whenever I went and watched them play here a few weeks ago or last year in the playoffs. So in Duncanville, just it was a game the first half, and then Duncanville kind of stretched out and uh, flexed their muscles because they had a little bit more depth and everything else. Yeah. So, but moving over to twenty one six A, which gets a little bit closer to you, you have uh, Galena Park, North Shore, Atascacita, Summer Creek, C E King, Humble Wildcats, Kingwood Park Mustangs, Beaumont United, and Beaumont Westbrook. And what's crazy is, is it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago that you were talking about these Beaumont teams that were finishing in the top 10, top, you know what I mean? Right. Not too long ago, but I mean, the, you, you look at this district and we said that the top four in the previous district that we're talking about was pretty sold up. I think the top four in this district is pretty conclusive. No, it, well. it it is. Whenever you sit down and look at it, you got North Shore one uh, and Atascacita two, and uh, if you click on it, the uh, North Shore Atascacita game is next Saturday, not Friday. Next Saturday, right? No, it is next Saturday, the twenty seventh. Which is a that that's a huge game, according to my broadcast partner. He he feels like Atascacita is going to beat North Shore this year. Well, that's two people now that have said that because uh, Toby thinks that Atascacita is going to win that game as well. That's interesting. And, you know, North Shore, we've talked about North Shore for so many years, right? Right. About how dominant they've been for so many years. And, and, and this year it's kind of like, I don't know if it's a, a hopeful or wishful thinking on Atascacita going to beat them, or is it is there some merit to that? I, I know th- Atascacita is good. I think there's merit to it. I really do. Um, whenever you think about it, North Shore's got a new head coach over there, and I talked about it in the first podcast, and Toby told right. me I was wrong, and I said, no, Toby, I ain't wrong. And uh, he come back the next week. He's like, dude, you knew what you were talking about. It was actually the next day. He's like, man, you knew what you were talking about. I sounded like an idiot. And I said, it's okay. We all sound like idiots, especially after, we, after our district picks. We really sounded stupid, right? But whenever you look at this, I, I feel like that that game, I mean, they got – identical records Atascacita has C.E. King this week uh, which is going to be a really big game uh, district game C.E. King sitting in that four spot I think Atascacita will roll to 5-0 and uh, North Shore has humble this week I think North Shore is going to roll move to 5-0 and to to build for that 10-27 football game and then uh, Summer Creek they have Beaumont United which they're 0-4 1-6 on the season and then C.E. King has, um, as I said, a task to see Eagles. So that's a uh, this week. So that's a big game out of that district is C.E. King and a task And that game, where is that game at? That game is at home for the task Eagles, which is really a road game because it will be there at Turner Stadium. Right this week, so uh, but that's that's a big game. That's a big game out of that district, and, and like you said, you your one two spots going to be North Shore and Atascacita, then Summer Creek, Summer Creek, and CE King. The interesting aspect to it is is with this being six A, is how is this district going to break up? Right, who's going to go big and who's going to go small? Yeah, that's that's 
And the big question, question. the big question is, see, is a task of seed in Summer Creek, right? Which one of those Mm -hmm. two are going to go big? Which one of those two will go big number wise? Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to even remotely be able to guess. Nah, the UIL has a deal and I I should have done a better job prepping on that, but you can pull and uh, be able to pull, you know, get an idea who's going to go big, who's going to go small. And if Toby was here, he doesn't understand how important it is that we have all three of us here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Because on these big schools, that's the knowledge. That's where he really shines on being able to bring that information in. Yeah, that would, that would have been nice to have before we started talking in, especially in these six, eight districts, but uh, you know, North shore, obviously a big school, right? Right. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who, uh, out of a task to Summer Creek, who's going to be or C.E. King actually. C.E. going to be that. I think C.E. King will go small. Yeah, they they probably will actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, C.E. King will go small out of those. Uh, the, the my big my big question. I think North Shore is going to go big. Uh, it's it's a matter of who's smaller between Summer Creek and. Uh, Atascacita. Yeah, that that's the two. Yeah, so I'm I'm fixing uh I'm fixing to pull it up twenty two to twenty four. Then all that will be for nothing come next year on the realignment. Yes, yeah, so next year realignment <laughs> comes in and it'll be just it it doesn't even matter, right? But it it matters for this year, and you know, to me, you don't want to go big because you got. You got big old Duncanville. Yeah, you got Duncanville sitting down there. Sitting down there just waiting for anybody to devour, you know. (laughs) So, Summer Creek will go small. Their enrollment, total enrollment is 3357. Hang on. Atascacita is 3869. So, Atascacita will go big. Yeah, Atascacita will go big. See, thank God for the interwebs. It, it, it really is it, able to pull something up that sh- that that quick as uh, I was able to get it pulled up. But, you know, the new realignment numbers are going to be interesting and in, in with how they're going to tentatively set those right uh, and put that together. So I'm interested to see who else was we talking about? C.E. King. Let's see. Just since I'm on the screen, I might as well. Well, it was uh, C.E. King was the other one. Which is uh, going to be North Sheldon Shore. ISD. We know North Shore will go big. Right. Their number's 3270. So, yeah, they'll go small. Yeah. Sheldon King, 3270. So, um, so they'll go, they'll for sure go small. And then, I guess while I'm already here, I might as well look up North Shore, right? Well, that'll be Galena Park. Galena Park, 4523 is what wow. they're at North Shore. That's what their enrollment is. That is crazy. I mean, heads and heads and feet over everybody else. A thousand more kids. Yeah. Almost a thousand. Anyway, but yeah, that's crazy. Jumping into District 8, 5A Division 1. This district here, we not not a district that we've talked a lot about, right, um, throughout, this, throughout the season. But if you look at it, you got Laporte five and one, Port Arthur Memorial, Titans five and zero, oh, Barbers Hill four and one, Kingwood Park four and two, New Caney Porter Spartans three and two. So there's your there's your teams that really matter, right? 
And if you go down there and look at it, uh, Porter's going to stretch their lead, should stretch their lead to four and two this year as they got Goose Creek Memorial, who is 0-5 this week, 1-6 on the season. So Porter being three and uh, going to jump to four and two. Kingwood Park has Barbers Hill. That game could probably go either way. Uh, but Barbers Hill sitting in that three seed right now with a four and one record. So really you should you could have a tie between Porter and Kingwood Park with a four and two record at the end of this week. But Kingwood uh, Porter would win the head to head because they beat Kingwood Park twenty seven twenty one earlier on this season. So Porter's got a chance for the first time in a long time, or if any time ever, to slip into that playoff to uh, the playoffs this year. Right, and I, if I remember right, Barbers Hills played Kingwood Park at one time too. I'm looking. Nope, I was mis- I was mistaken. Uh, it must have been. It must have been somebody. No, so they no, haven't. They play Kingwood they Park this week. They Bar- play them this week. Yeah, Barbers Hill and Kingwood Parks this week. If you look over there to the right of the screen, um, yeah, have, I've, I've got them up. Uh, yeah, because you got Laporte at Baytown Sterling, uh, Port Arthur Memorial at Baytown Lee, Barbers Hill at, at Kingwood Park, and then New Caney will be at Goose Creek Memorial. But if you look at that district, I mean, yeah, that fourth spot is kind of the, the question mark, right? Um, it's not as those top four are not as, as sewed up as the previous two districts that we looked at. Barbers Hill should take care of Kingwood Park, but like you said, it could go either way. Um, if I had to choose right now, I'd, I'd say the Eagles have the edge. Yeah, most definitely. I agree with that. And then, so you look at looking at Porter's schedule, right? They got Baytown Lee on the 26th and then Barbers Hill on the last week of the season, which is a big mm-hmm. game. Uh, if just say Porter wins out, through going to that Barber's Hill game, uh, that's going to four, five, they're five and two going into that Barber's Hill game. And then Kingwood Park, they're four and two right now. Uh, they have Barber's Hill this week, so which probably dropped them to four and three. And then Port Arthur Memorial will drop them to four and four. Mm-hmm. But in New Caney or Porter's probably going to end up with the same record, and they'll still be at that four and four. But Porter will go with the with the edge over Kingwood Park on the head to head. Right. If assuming that that's the way the tiebreaker works out of that district. Right. Each different district's different, right? As far as the tiebreakers go. Correct. Uh, the coaches they they agree to certain tiebreakers before the beginning of the year, and every single one of them is different. It could go by head-to-head or it can go by points for or points scored against that team it's there's different ways of, of skinning that cat yeah there's a lot of different ways i like the head-to-head uh, it keeps it simple yes in that aspect and, and that's what i like about it I, I can remember back in the day when it used to go points scored and points allowed and and so on and so forth and i was like golly man you got to do a whole bunch of math figured out and you could just go back to the head-to-head and normally you would think the district chair that made those rules uh, was probably the one that knew that he would be in that two or that four seed now and <laughs> right. made those rules. So hoping that he can put up just enough points to where he can slip in each over if, if he's going to lose to that th- to that other possible four seed team, right? 
Right. So uh, we're going when to you talk about tiebreakers, I mean, when we get into the three A districts here in a little while, you're going to see that those could be turned up on their head, and there's going to be all kinds of tiebreakers going on there. Oh, that ain't no lie. Especially when we get down to three A uh, district nine, district ten, three A. Whenever we go to talking about those, it's going to be really, yeah. really. You know, there's going to be a lot going on on that. Uh, moving over to District 9-5A, and we haven't talked about any of the rankings, but you got PNG in the driver's seat, 4-0, and District Nederland, 3-1, Texas City, 3-1, Dayton, 2-2, two and two, Fort Bend Marshall, 2-2, two and two, Galena Park, 1-3, Santa Fe, 1-3, and, and Fort Bend Willow Ridge, 0-4. Now, I bring all of this up and bring it together because – it was just two years ago, we were two, three years ago, we was talking about Fort Ben Marshall making big runs in the playoffs and playing in Dallas uh, in the middle right. of December. Now they're sitting on a cusp of possibly not even going to make the playoffs. It's possible. Um, you know, you look at the – you look at Nederland, Fort Ben, Dayton, those three, uh, again, tie, if you look at the tiebreakers, there, there's some – I can't look at the uh, – Future schedule. See, Dayton takes on Texas City. Santa Fe takes on PNG, which PNG should take care of handedly. Yep. Uh, Nederland will be at Galena Park, and then Fort Bend Willow Ridge will be at Fort Bend Marshall, which Marshall should take care of that one. Um, so uh, there's there's a lot of different things that can happen here in that bottom uh, three and four spot. So I'm sitting here looking at this right, and and you got Dayton in the four. Texas City has Dayton this week. Right, that's a big game that could go. Uh, you you figure it's probably going to go Texas City's way, right? Should because uh, it's at Texas City that game is. So you figure just say that it goes Texas City way. Now you got Dayton that's going to be sitting three and two or two and three. Fort Bend right. Marshall has Fort Bend Willow Ridge. They should win that game, which will move them to three and two and flip flop them. Right, right. It's going to come down to the uh, Thursday, a uh, Thursday night in November, to determine that four seed out of that district when Dayton and Fort Bend Marshall face each other. Yeah, because Dayton after they got Texas City this week, Fort Bend Willow Ridge next week, and then Fort Bend Marshall uh, the last week of the season, and that game is at Fort Bend Marshall on a Thursday night. Yeah, so Dayton has a has a long road hoe. When it comes to trying to slip in. Yes, and, and they could definitely still slip in, you know, but it's going to come down literally to the last week of the season for those guys. So uh, moving over to – I'm going to flip over to District 10-4A Division One as uh, we're rolling through. And once we get – we'll take a break after we get through with this district. When we come back, we'll do the uh, 4A Division Two and, and roll on through. But – this district here is starting to kind of shape up uh, as Little Cypress Mauriceville defeated Livingston this last week, but LCM's 2-0. and They have Splendora. Uh, Lumberton is 2-0. and They have Huffman this week, and Lumberton should roll through that. The interesting one is Huffman is now 1-1 one one after they defeated Splendora last week. And really shocked me that Huffman come out on the win. I had Splendora picked to win that one out of, my, out of the pick'ems that I was in not yours, but uh, over at sctx.com. I got in there on those pickems, and I actually picked Splendor to win that game after watching Splendor. I haven't seen Huffman. Uh, thought Splendor was going to be able to piece it together, and Huffman was able to, to pull a win out. 
their magic number for them is two, right? Out of this district is is uh, getting two yeah. wins. And uh, Livingston dropped one this last week to Little Cypress Mauriceville, which dropped them to one and one. They're even with Huffman. Livingston wins the head to head because they beat Huffman last the week two weeks ago. That week you was out or uh, that podcast that you were out, we talked about it a little bit. But Huffman beat Livingston. Uh, excuse me, Livingston beat Huffman. And an interesting thing is last week when we did the Bullet Grill House High School Sports uh, pregame show uh, there at Bullet Grill in Point Blank. We had Coach Vanover of the Livingston Lions in, and I don't know if I sent that podcast. I uploaded it to a podcast like I do all the 590 sports shows, but it was uh, a really good interview with Coach Vanover and really gave us a lot of insight. And I do that show each week with uh, Brian Pesh, who's color commentator and a writer for Polk County Enterprise, and then Chris Moran sits in with us. He's the owner of Bullet Grill. So we were all sitting in there together. And uh, Coach Vanover sat in with us. And just a lot of really good information that Coach Vanover gave us about his football team. Going into district play, their pre-district opponents were 22-3, and three, I believe is what he said. Right. They had a, they had a very tough uh, first part of their schedule. Yes, they did. And, and Livingston went 0-5. Going through there, right, and uh, hit district playoff uh, after a bye week with Huffman, and was able to get that win. Uh, I lost a little Cypress Mauriceville, and it was a football game. It, it was it was really it was a good football game throughout the entire night. I was watching the score, uh, and and really kind of stayed in on it because I was very curious, especially after talking to Coach Manover, and. Uh, so I made sure that that was one of the games that I really honed in on and paid attention. I mean, it was an 18-13 ball game is what the final was in that game. So, Oh, yeah. I really think Livingston has Vider this week. I think it's a game that Livingston could possibly win. I think that they will. Um, I think the, the most – you know, I've been real high on LCM out of this district uh, pretty much all season. I think they were – personally my favorite to win that district but looking at you know Livingston's schedule they had coming into it and looking at Lumberton's schedule and the role that they're on uh, as well it's you know it's kind of uh, that second seed spot I mean it's going to come down to what uh, Lumberton plays Livingston the last game last district game on the 3rd of November Uh, it might come down to that yeah, and I had the opportunity to call that game, but I got another game that I'm going to out of 4A Division Two that Friday night. Uh, Cold Spring has a bye week that final week. So that Thursday we're going to go watch uh, the Anahuac-Tarkington game down there on the prairie because it's close, easy to get to on a Thursday night. So we're going to go watch that, and then on Friday we're going to go to Silsby and watch the Silsby-Jasper game. And, and we're going to yeah. talk about that district a lot more here in just a little bit. But whenever you look at this district, it's, uh, I mean, that Splendora game, that's that magic number two that Livingston's looking for, right? I sure. Th- I think that they could slip that game against Fighter and could possibly put them in that three seed. It's it's quite possible. Um, I, I actually think that they will. And I think that – like I was saying earlier, I think it's even they could even slip into the two seed if 
they can somehow pick up the the win against uh, Lumberton at the at the end. Well, so I, I'm looking at the I'm looking. I don't think that they'll beat Lumberton, and and I could be wrong. But looking at the score that Vider had against Little Cypress uh, two weeks ago, 28-34 was the final uh, in favor of LCM. So with that being said, you go back and you look at the score that Livingston had against Little Cypress, and, and just going by right. comparing the scores, you know, you may be right. You. I mean, Lumberton, Lumberton lost to Vider, twenty-eight fifty-four. So no, I'm with you. Livingston could slip up and get in that two spot. It's quite possible. Very quite possible. No, Lumberton is. I'm sorry, Vider lost both of them games. <clears throat> I mean, it could. That like you say, that Lumberton game's a big game. For them, they obviously they got to get through the other ones. But if they defeat Vider, they've done locked their spot in, right? And oh, then, definitely. I, I don't think that there's any way that they're going to lose to uh, to Splendora. So, which would really be a blessing for Livingston to go in at the three seed and face a two seed versus being in the four seed and have to face Tyler Chapel Hill. Yeah. There's no doubt about that one either. Because I will what whoever Livingston goes in the postseason, if they're not playing the same night Cold Spring is, if Cold Spring makes it to the postseason, I'll be going to do that game. Right. So <coughs> excuse me. That's that's why I've been following that so heavy. But you know, I was telling Coach Vanover how hard this district is to predict. Because it's just oh, it's, very- it's so wide open. So wide open. And I, I just, I, you know, it's, it's just, it's really a hard district to figure out because of you look at their pre-district schedules, you look at what Lumberton did, and we were all expecting Lumberton to come out in the pre-district and just absolutely roll like they did last year. Right. And uh, it's been a complete different Lumberton football team. But they've, I mean, but it, with that said, it seems like they've kind of gotten things back on track. Uh, you know, when they started their district play, I mean, it was like they didn't even look back. Uh, now they've got they Lumberton's got you know some tough opponents. Their last two games is at Little Cypress, and then of course we talked about the Livingston game already. Yeah, so it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how this district shapes up as we get down to the end of the season, and uh, a lot more. There's a lot more to talk about, but uh, got some sponsors we want to talk about. We want to talk about Randy's Rubs. We want to talk about Bullfrog Environmental. Uh, we're going to hear a word from a couple of our sponsors. You're listening to the Five Nine N Sports Show on Texas Podcast Media. We'll be back right after this. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. 
Welcome back to the 590 Sports Show on Texas Podcast Media. I'm Craig Irwin. Alongside me, not really, but uh, Trent Hart. <laughs> over the airwaves. Over the airwaves. We're letting, letting the... Uh, Letting technology do it still as uh, we're rolling into week nine. We've been, if you've listened through the first half of the podcast, it's been kind of, I don't want to say dry because it's been some good information, but we started up at the 6A level and we worked our way down through 4A Division One. as uh, we're fixing to dive into 4A Division Two, down to some of the 2A schools talking Texas high school football in our area, right? And, and and we stay focused. We don't try to branch out and cover a bunch of stuff that we absolutely know nothing about. We try to stay into what's relevant for us here on the 590 Sports Show. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at today and going through all this stuff. Not really talking a bunch of scores, just but where these districts are, what each one of these teams are doing and what they got to do to get into the playoffs. Next week's is going to be just completely off the chain because we'll be through week nine into week 10. Some of these things will be locks and we still got to get into week 11. Oh yeah. There's still, there's still some time left, right? I mean, they're, you're starting to get into some more bye weeks. You know, a lot of teams are, are got bye weeks late in the season that, uh, those rarities like Cold Spring having a bye week, their last game of the the season or that last week of the season, and uh, but now we're we're into kind of our niche uh, districts, right? We're we're now it's for a uh, Division Two district number nine, and what is probably uh, the biggest game in the state. No, I agree with you. It is probably the biggest game in the state. Uh, Hampshire, Finette, and Silsby, huge game this week out of that district and and really i'm trying to pull i'm going to pull the rankings up real quick on on my other screen but this i'm i'm with you probably one of the biggest games in the state number 2 silsby number 7 hampshire finette and people are thinking you got a two team and a seven team last week you had the same setup in 3A division 1 uh, and you had two state-ranked teams that were facing each, you know, or four state-ranked teams that were playing each other uh, as you had Columbus and Hitchcock, and then you had Pottsboro and Winsboro uh, playing each other as well. So still a bunch of good – I think this, for the Southeast Texas area, this is the biggest game in Southeast Texas. And I think if you look on anybody's pickums, whether it's Anawak Sports Live or 59N Sports – you go through and you look at it, and this game's going to be in those pickups. But there's it's a, in there. There's a Definitely. and there's another game that's equally as big. Is Jasper and Western will start? Yeah, I mean, just just as big because both teams have have seemed to find you know, especially Western Stark, uh, seem to think get things back on track after the preseason. Uh, you know, Jasper was a ranked team at one point this year, right? Right. Uh, they're still playing good football. They've played the teams, even the, their losses have been really close games. So, uh, yeah, and for Southeast Texas, th- those, you know, Hampshire, Finesse, Silsby, and this Jasper, West Orange, Stark, there's nothing bigger. Nothing bigger whatsoever. I mean, you got the top four teams out of this district going head-to-head. Uh, as Hampshire Finette's in the driver's seat, four and zero. Silsby's three and zero. Jasper two and one. Westmore Stark two and one. Jasper's one loss in district thus far has came from Hampshire Finette, and that was in just fine fashion. Uh, 
uh, West Orange Stark has two losses, one to Silsby and one to Hampshire Finette. So uh, this is a big game for that three seed, right? Oh, yeah. As we've talked about it in the final week of the season, Jasper and Silsby meet up, meet up. And and that's going to def- that game and the outcome of that game is going to define Jasper's fate if they were to lose to West Orange Stark this week, as uh, going in a three seed or a four seed. You know, originally right. when we were kind of talking about all this, I originally thought about it, I was like, man, have we ever talked about Jasper possibly not making the playoffs? But that's not going to be be a factor. Uh, no, you got Liberty one and three, Bridge City zero oh and three, and Harden Jefferson zero oh and three out of that district. So um, it's not a factor whatsoever. Liberty's on a bye week. Bridge City has Harden Jefferson. One of those teams is going to get their first district win. That may be one worth putting in the pickums. Well, and I wish I'd have saw that whenever I was I was because I was debating on one of my games in the NOI Sports Live pickums, and I'm I mean I'm. I'm happy with them, but I wish I would have. I wish I would have seen that game because Harden Jefferson zero and seven on the year total right, right. now. Um, so they're they're. I'm sure they're hungry to get, at least get one win out of this season, and uh, this is the week to do it. No, I agree with you. And and uh, I, I just wrote it down. I'm going to throw that one in my pickums there on five nine in sports. You can find it on Facebook as well as. Uh, go over to Anawak Sports Live and give that page a like over there and uh, jump in. It's late in the season. Trent does a great job keeping a spreadsheet on who's winning. And uh, 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 Landon Corbett is in the lead over there on your pickums. Yeah, well, talk about a consistent uh, uh, picker of win of winners in, in around the area. Um, he's he's definitely doing. I think he's up by two or three picks overall with only you know a handful of weeks to go. Uh, but we'll, you know, it's still fun. Yeah, go over there to Animal Sports Live Facebook page and uh, check it out. You know, just get in on a pickums one week. It's, uh, you know, for at least bragging rights, right? I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. No, it is. It's a lot of fun. I like getting in there. And, and Trent doesn't. We don't even consult about our pickums about who we're going to put in what. You know, and Trent does his on Mondays. I, I get mine on Tuesdays slash Wednesdays, whichever is more convenient for me. Uh, but I get them out there, so uh, it's a lot of fun. And then at the Bullet Grill House show, I talk about all of my pickums whenever we record that, and then we get it up to a podcast and play it in a pregame show before the Cold Spring kickoff uh, each and every Friday night. But with that being said, uh, I I make my pick, I, I put my pickums down, and I make my picks. So if you, I don't put them down in writing on my Facebook page, but uh, you can go to the Bullet Grill House show, and it's on Spotify and all the other everything but apple it'll get up on apple this week but uh you can go through there and see it listen to it on all of those other ones but the 590 sports show i finally got it up on the uh, apple podcast now yeah we're big time yeah we're rolling we're rolling big shots it took me forever it took me three quarters of the way through the season to get us up on apple but we're there we are finally there so back to this district 94a division two when we look at this district um we're going to define the top two spots in this district this week. Hampshire, Finette, Silsby, uh, huge game. The game is at Silsby. I'll just let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to have to take Silsby in this football game, but I think Hampshire, Finette's going to give them a run for their money. I agree. Um, I 
I'm probably going to go that same route and pick Silsby to, to win. It's going to be a really tight game. I think I've got that in as my wild card. And, uh, you know, on my wild card, you, you pick the score. And I think it's going to be within a touchdown. And But uh, I think Silsby ends up taking it. Hampshire Finette, I mean, there's nothing to to be ashamed of there because they're still probably going to be ranked uh, it, no matter how the ball game goes, but you're right. It's going to, it's going to des- determine that one, two seed. And then you jump over to that West, West Orange start Jasper. That's going to probably determine the three and four seed. No, you're exactly right. The, well, it will determine, it will, you know, a hundred percent. So it's going to be, you know, that district, they got so two huge games to keep an eye on. And a scoreboard watch depending on where you're at. And SETX does a great job broadcasting those games. If you go to SETX.com, they got a full list of all their broadcasts uh, that they have each and every week. And just to kind of coach you around on how SET works, it's a form page. Uh, you go in there, uh, create a login, right, and a screen name and all that good stuff. But you can go through and click on uh, high school football. And from there, there's a ton of forum pages, a lot of good information to read, uh, a lot of crap talking uh, goes on in there, but it's all G-rated. But it's it's really it's 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 a good place to go. I've been following that page for a super long time, Jordan. Them doing a great job over there, uh, as they have for a number of years. But uh, let's jump over to our wheelhouse, our true wheelhouse, District Ten Three A. Yeah, I mean it's. We, we talked about some tiebreakers and things that could happen. So as probably most everybody knows by now, the, uh, the 2023 Swamp Bowl was Friday night, and that uh, was between East Chambers and Anahuac. Anahuac traveled over to Winnie, and they, they dropped one, dropped a really important district game, and it was, it was you know, there was a lot of things surrounding that game, right? Uh, we uh, were able to cover that uh, under Texan Live and the NFHS Network, and it was featured on uh, not only the – 12 news now sports blitz game of the week it was also featured on uh texas football tonight on david dave campbell's texas football tonight and so there was a lot of a lot of things going into that game there were a lot of eyes on that game uh and it was it was a very tight one whenever whenever the first two quarters were over um you know it was a very low scoring game it was single digits um you came back out of the halftime and each chambers really stuck to what their game plan was coming into that football game, which was running, which was running and uh, credit to uh, East Chambers and their star running back, Hayden Reeves, who is a very big body and hard to bring down, ended up rushing, I think for over 130 yards that game. Uh, And Anahuac, you could just see that they were just kind of winded. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked about how, rushing the ball and controlling the clock and keeping the defense out on the field will wear a defense down. And that's exactly what happened to Anwar. And, and that's the, the type offense that they run right over there in East chambers. That's what it's designed to do, right? It's designed to just wear you down and, and we're going to beat you. Uh, we're going to break you up and we're going to beat you. And, uh, well, it was the same same to be said for for the Orangefield uh, game that they played too, and uh, you know East Chambers has got a uh, 
a freshman quarterback over there who's got very great athletic ability. He he can he can get it done with his legs, and he's got a heck of an arm. Come to come to find out, there was one incompletion where he he launched the ball for 60, 65 yards, and kind of made us all wide-eyed because we weren't expecting that out of a freshman quarterback. And uh, don't get me wrong, I mean he he made some freshman errors, you know, kind of put the ball on the turf a couple of times. Uh, you know, Anawak was able to get in his face and put him under pressure and, and make him make those mistakes, was which one of the keys to the game. Uh, for Anahuac to win, I mentioned in the pregame uh, that they were going to have to do. But uh, another interesting fact was that East we talked and we talked about this in the podcast the last few weeks is that East Chambers has been kind of injury ridden, and Coach Russ Sutherland told uh, my broadcast partner Alex Outram that they had to bring up seven JV players. Yes, and Friday night it was the first time that they've been able to play fully healthy all year long. That's crazy, isn't it? To yeah, know, it, really it, and I, I seen East Chambers in pre-district, right? And I say pre-district, Cold Spring scrimmaged East Chambers, and and Toby and I both agreed that we matched up pretty well with East Chambers uh, in that game, uh, just head-to-head overall. We really matched up, and we had East Chambers picked to be in the, I believe, the 2-3 spot, and you got the spreadsheet is where we had East Chambers pick to finish in that district. We, right. th- I think we had Buna, it was Buna Orangefield, East Chambers, Anawak or, or, or Anawak Orangefield. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. But we had East Chambers in that three spot and it looks like that's going to end up being kind of where they're at. Right. Uh, possibly, they, possibly they, they've still got, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some interesting things that can happen in this district. You know, uh, East Chambers is yet to play Orangefield. They they lost to Kirbyville the week prior. Yep. Um, Shut out. Uh, well, East Chambers, yeah. They beat Buna. They lost to Kirbyville, which Kirbyville shut uh, Tarkington out this last week. Right. But there's, I mean, there's some interesting things that can happen. I mean, Kirbyville is good enough that they can beat Orangefield. Yep. I've, I've seen them firsthand. They've got the they've got the ability to beat Orangefield. East now that I've seen East Chambers and see them, you know, fully loaded, they have an they have an opportunity to beat Orangefield too, which may or may not happen. There, there's there's a lot of things that could could, could go on, um, but Anawak is in a position now to where they've got to win these last two games. One as they got Buna this week, they've yep. got Tarkington after the 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 bye week. Um, and I'm sure the the Tarkington Prairie folks have got that Anawak game circled in red. Well, they do. They I feel like Tarkington has two games circled, right? Is they got East Chambers this week, uh, which is a big game for them. But Buna and Anawak, they they got to slip one of those two games if they think they want to slip into right the playoffs. And, and so if you look at it, Orangefield four and zero, Kirbyville three and one, Anawak two and two, East Chambers two and one. Their their goal right here is they're going to have to beat. Actually, they're going to have to beat. If they beat Puna, that game, that Anawak game is is really a big game for Tarkington as far as to have an opportunity to make them play to make the playoffs. Right. Right, and you know, even even though that Anawak got that win over Kirbyville, um, Anawak's looking right now as it sits at a four seed 
and hoping for a possible three seed, depending on what happens between Kirbyville and Orangefield. Uh, whenever I think that's next week is when they play. Nah, I'm fixing to pull it up. No, they play ten twenty seven. Yeah, next the following week. Yeah, correct is when that game is. So this district is still so far up in the air. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Whenever you look at it, and and it wasn't how we anticipated this district going whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. And we, you know, we didn't even see Kirbyville, you know, on our radars. And and they they've done a great job of flying under that radar and really, you know, uh, catching everybody's attention. And it's well-deserved. They have. Now, they're by district round. You're talking District 9-3A. Division 1 is where we're still at. We haven't dropped down to Division 2 yet. But you look at this one, Dieball, Woodville, Cold Spring, Palestine, Westwood, Crockett, Shepard, and Huntington are the teams that round up this district. Dieball's in the driver's seat with a 3-0 record. Woodville is 3-1 with their sole loss being two die ball cold spring two and two westwood two and one that's just because the schedule's off balance right now as palestine westwood are coming out had come off of a bye week going to cold spring uh so cold spring suffered a loss this last week to palestine westwood 28 26 was the final and and it was a really fun game to call as uh westwood was able to put seven points up each quarter uh, Cold Spring put six up in the second, had an opportunity to score again in the in the uh, first half, in the final minutes of the first half, as they had the ball, it had gotten down to third or fourth and goal with about under a minute left, still had a timeout in their pocket and, and just let time get away from them. And, and there was about eight seconds left uh, as I'm, replaying it back in my mind there's about eight seconds left with the timeout in their pocket and was unable to uh get the timeout called and uh regroup and try to get the right playoff to get in the end zone to get this game within an extra point right uh cold spring had scored once in the second half or in the second quarter was unable to get the two-point conversion and it just shows how important it is to try to develop a kicker. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a it's almost a necessity. Uh, I mean you you can get by with little push kicks on kickoffs and stuff like that, but if you can't score that extra point consistently without having to line up every time and go for two, or at least have that option, it it's it's a huge plus. It, it really is. And and looking at this, and and I didn't. Uh... I didn't look to see if my stats come in yet. I'm fixing to pull it up right now. But whenever you look at this, no, he didn't send them. So it was a 28-26 ball game. Come down to the fourth quarter in this football game. Uh, Cold Spring scored 14 in the third. Uh, going into the fourth, I mean, it was still a, it was a one-score game uh, through the fourth in a uh, that was the most alive that I'd seen Berlin Bradford Stadium in Cold Spring in a long time. I mean, it was the fourth quarter. Everybody, I think the coaches in the booth next to me were on their feet as well. It was so fun. It was so energetic. The school spirit, it was almost electric in there uh, with that football game. ton of fun to call. 
with what Cole Sprint was able to do, piecing together a drive and, and be able to get in and, and, and score with just a few minutes left, uh, unable to get the two-point conversion, which would have tied that game up and possibly sent us to overtime and or forced Westwood to try to make a play. Not only that, but I got to credit <clears throat> the kicker, Terry Mills, right? After we had scored, uh, it's 28-26. He comes in to kick uh, an onside kick. The first one was a perfect onside kick. They called a false start against the Trojans. No, it went out of bounds. No, 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 no. It was They called uh, uh, an offsides on the Trojans. Backed them up a little bit, had to kick it again. Kicks another perfect onside kick, right? Goes over the shoulder and just it rolled right on the line on the near side. I had a perfect view of it. It rolls and just barely gets out of bounds before a cold spring player can get to it and uh, mm-hmm. blows it dead. Westwood gets the ball and, and uh, gets to take a knee. Cold spring had a timeout to burn. They burn it, and, and, and that was it. But out of the last five years, four of those games have come down to the final minute of those games. Well, and as broadcasters, those are the games that we live for, right? No, it really is. It was – I mean – to, to be that electric and to be that close and, and that exciting, uh, you, even with coming off with a, a close or a tough loss like that, it, it, it just makes for, for great content as far as just, you know, being live on the air, the excitement in your voice, the excitement in the, the coaches next to you. I mean, you just get so emotional and involved with, with a game like that. It's just, uh, it's great to have. It is. And, you know, I got to, I got to visit with coach Stanley, uh, briefly after the game, and, and uh, I told him, I said, I, Coach, I feel like that that was the best football game that Cold Spring has played this year. And, and I, I wholeheartedly feel that way. And we had some some big point wins, right? But that was a game that Cold Spring, I felt like, played four full quarters, uh, which they've been needing to do. I've talked about it week in and week out about how Cold Spring needs to finish. They need to finish. They need to finish. They they played and they finished that game. They played four full quarters, and it's important to get that, especially going this next week and going to be facing die ball, uh, which if you go back and you look at the overall record, you know, Cold Spring won in 2022. They beat die ball. They lost their game last year or in 2021 they lost to die ball 28 22 uh that game was at home uh go back they beat westwood that year 34 13 and i'm just trying to think uh overall of of the total records right over the last three years if you go back to and look at the colby covid year they beat die ball 20 to 12 right coming down to the wire next to the last week of the season. So you look at the overall record and what Coach Stanley has done, he's got the winning record over die ball. So this game here is a lot bigger than than what meets the eyes, and it's a game that die ball could – that Cold Spring could win and die ball obviously could lose, you know. Uh, and you go back in the two years that I've talked about, except for 2022, let's look at that one. Cold Spring beat die ball last year in 2022 – in a 20 to 19 football game down to the wire. So it could go either way as over three of the last four years, Cold Springs won that football game. So the, and and it's been wins at home and wins on a road against die ball. 
So I think this is a big game that's uh, etched in Dieball's book as well as far as it's a game we got to win. Losing, it's not an option. And more so because of the overall record between the two schools over the last four years. But Blake Morrison coming from Colesfring and going to Dieball, and that's his program there in Dieball. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a big game out of the district. Woodville has Crockett. I think Woodville's going to be able to roll through there. Palestine Westwood has Huntington. They're going to be able to roll through there. Uh, if you go back and you look at uh, at the district and, and records, right, we we kind of talked about that. Really, Westwood's in the three seed. Cold Spring's in the four seed right now. That, but the way the screen's set up is because Cold Spring's played more games. The die ball game, you put a question mark in the biggest game of the year for Cold Spring is coming into the week of of uh, October 27th, and that's the Battle of San Jacinto, the big rival game. And Shepard has a leading edge on that. Yeah, and but I, I do think that, that Cold Spring will, will come out on top on that. And they'll, you know, I, I had Cold Spring picked up as the three seed. I thought that y'all had, a, you know, a little bit of an edge to win that three seed, but uh, it looks like, uh, the four seed is is more of a lock for y'all at this point, which I was I was hoping for, and, and I think we both were hoping for an Anahuac Cold Spring by district matchup so that we can have a simulcast. But that's not looking like it's going to happen either. No, not looking like it's going to happen at, at all. And you know, I'm just flipped over to to Westwood's schedule, and they'll finish up the season against Woodville. And that, that is a home game for Westwood. So Woodville's going to make the long drive over there to Palestine Westwood. That's going to be an interesting game to watch on the week of 11 yeah. 2, um, which is a Thursday night game uh, over there. So that's going to be interesting to watch to see how that 2 3 seed shakes out mm-hmm. with Cold Spring looking in at the 4 seed. Well, if I was a, if I was a betting man, which I am, <laughs> I, would, I would say that the, the district, the way, I mean, and this is on, I'm looking at it through max preps. It's, it's Dieball, Woodville, Westwood, and then Cold Spring. And that's, that's kind of how I see y'all's district uh, wrapping up. Of course, you know, anything can happen. No, most definitely anything can happen. And, and, you know, the thing is, is Cold Spring is going to have to go in and, and, uh, and do work, do what they know how to do, right. In order to, to finish out this season, right. As they have, um, I'm trying to look at the schedule. Oh, there it is. So, as they have Dieball and Shepard, I mean, those you you you're hoping that you're going to win one of the two games, right? If not both. But uh, looking at this, I mean, just scoreboard comparison and what Dieball's done. So, just say you put a loss there against Dieball, you you got to have that win against Shepard at home, and and not only because it's playoff implications, but you. You, you know, it just makes it tough. And, you know, last year you go back and you look at what Cold Spring did. I mean, they dropped a couple games that they shouldn't have dropped, right? And right. with dropping those games, they left their playoff hopes in Shepard losing to um, Huntington. And, and you just – you can't you can't do that. You, you got to control your own fate and – I think that uh, this year that Cold Spring is in a lot better shape mentally. They've lost two of the games that we kind of thought that they were going to lose, right? Or 
have a possibility of getting beat and uh you know that's what happened the Westwood and the and the uh, Woodville game so now let's mm-hmm. get one let's get one of these two between Dieball and Shepherd and uh get one of those get a win out of one of those games <clears throat> and get set up to go to the playoffs and, and face that one seed out of y'all's district out of district 10 which right, is looking which... like possibly Orangefield in in all likelihood, yes, it will end up being Orangefield. Uh, like we talked about earlier, there's some there's some things that that could or could not happen over there in that district too, which is uh, definitely we're you know as always week to week we're we're keeping a sharp eye on both of these districts. But uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, we as we get closer to the playoffs, I mean we're just on the edge of our seat here, wondering yeah. what's going to happen. Moving into District Twelve Three A Division Two, you got Newton, Anderson, Shiro, Hemp Hill. New Waverly, Coons, Trinity, Warren uh, is in that district. And, you know, we kind of had Warren. We thought Warren was going to finish up higher than what they did, than what they yeah. are. They're 0-3. Yeah. They got Hemp Hill this week. Uh, don't look for much difference out of that as, uh, you know, Trinity's 0-3. They got New Waverly this week. Short drive for New Waverly or for uh, for them. Uh, Coons one and two, New Waverly two and one, Hemp Hill two and two, Anderson Shiro three and one, Newton four and zero. Oh. So, uh, them top two teams, we kind of figured that's where they were going to be. Newton leading that district, Anderson Shiro in the two, but didn't know much about Hemp Hill. And you know, from what you had seen against New Waverly, wasn't real high on them completely. But it's looking like New Waverly is going to have an opportunity to slip in that four seed and make the playoffs. I think they will now. Now that now that everything's starting to shape out a little bit, uh, like you said, we we had high hopes for for Warren coming out of the preseason, and they just haven't been able to produce in district play. Uh, you know, Coons was another one that we thought might slip in uh, to the playoff picture over there, but that doesn't look like it might is going to happen either. Uh, but New Waverly. Uh, I, I think they may even may even see the three seed very, as we come down to it. Very well possible. Now, New Waverly beat Hemp Hill last week. So, I right. think technically if you look at this, and, and I'm looking over at uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football website is where I'm at and, and going down through all of this stuff. But as you look at this, I mean, really and truly New Waverly's in the three seed, Hemp Hill's in the yes. four seed. Um, as you look at it, New New Waverly has Trinity this week, so they're going to move to three and one, right? Um, as I got – whose schedule do I even have pulled up? I got Hemp Hill's schedule pulled up. Hemp Hill has Warren this week, and that Hemp Hill should win that game. Uh, but New Waverly has Trinity, then at Coons, and then they will wrap their season up against Newton. That's going to be an L. But uh, Trinity uh, – excuse me, New Waverly ought to win – beat trinity and ought to beat coons and they've already beat hemp hill so it looks like new waverly is going to go in that three seed and then hemp hill, so. hemp hill in the four seed as you look at their district schedule with what they have they have warren and then henderson anderson shiro so anything could happen between hemp hill and anderson shiro really and truly to to kind of change things up but i think anderson shiro if you go off a of win losses and they'll still go in that two seed uh as they defeated new waverly and they've uh you know, depending on what happens with Hemp Hill. 
So yeah, I mean, the, those are the only those those two, three, and four spots. That's that's the only questions marks, right? I mean, but like you said, Anderson Chiro should wrap up the number two seed. Uh, we already know all about Newton. Uh, you know, I was talking about it today. That, uh, you know, that Newton's one of those that uh, we might be uh, seeing more of uh, playoff coverage when it comes to uh, as we get deeper into the playoffs. That you know that regional round and the quarterfinal round, that type of thing. Right. No, I agree with you. So, and, and we followed. You know, you and I went and did a Newton game in the postseason up at SFA this last year. And yeah. uh, had a lot of fun doing that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to pick up a few extra broadcasts. And if I'm not still on the road with Cold Spring uh, doing the broadcast there, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of play how it plays out. And if we, you and I, end up in the booth together, or if you and Alex go and do another game or two, and you know what I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And uh, you know, I know you and Alex do them games all the Anahuac games together and he, I think he had some traveling planned last year and that's how I was able to slip in the booth with you and uh do a couple games he had missed the Anahuac Tarkenton game and then I went and did uh that Newton game with you so well you can you can always just slip into my spot whenever you you feel like it. I know because you like that the production I can, aspect I can mess with it. the computer and do do that end and I don't have to mess around with uh commentating all the time yeah well you know I, I could probably probably slip in there and do that if this if the schedules work out moving over to 12 2a division one and I think we will cover this one and then that's going to We'll cover the rest uh, next week because we got another topic we want to talk about after the break. But uh, out of twelve two A Division One, this district here, we didn't pick this district. I don't think. No, uh, we didn't. And, and we were kind of scrambling trying to get our all of our material together and in the right track. But uh, you look at this. I'm looking at Centerville in the one spot, two and O Corgan and the two spot Groveton in the three Jewett Leon in the four Normagy in the five. Now here's the deal. Two, three, four, and five all have one and one records. All district one and one records. Yes. You know, I'm looking at, you see, you're looking at Dave Campbell's. I'm, I'm looking at the max prep standings. The way max preps does it is their overall win loss. Well, they do district first and then they do overall win loss, which kind of shuffles it up a little bit right now that, uh, you know, that's one of those tiebreaker things that, that the, uh, that they could go off of. They could go off of overall record instead of head to head or even points for points allowed. Well, so this district being a smaller district, right. Is right. Centerville being in the driver's seat. And I, and I got Corgan camp, Corgan schedule pulled up is Corgan has West Harden this week. That ought to be a win for Corgan to move them to and one in district. Right. Right. Then they had the battle of two eighty seven. Uh, the following week at Groveton, that game there, I put a question mark on it, right? Who knows how that's going to go. And then Corgan will wrap up their season with Centerville uh, at home, which will be a really big game. And it wouldn't surprise me if Ken tries to get me to go do that game on the radio or Coach Ratliff does. But my point being is Corgan's already lost to Jewett Leon. They lost mm-hmm. this last week. So, Corgan's in the three seed, Groveton in the four, Jewett Leon's in the two. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at Jewett's schedule, and I just pulled them on, they have Centerville this week, probably going to suffer a loss there. Uh, and then West Harden, and then they'll be at Normandy. And then Groveton's schedule, 
they're at Normandy this week. Then they have Corgan and then West Harden. So I figure Groveton can win that West Harden game and should be able to win that Normandy game. So that week of 10-27, that's a big game for the 3-4 seed or, uh, out of that district because uh, Jewett Leon is in the two seed. And probably you figure even suffering a loss this week against Centerville that they're going to beat West Harden and they're going to beat Normandy. So that's going to lock them in the two, Corgan in the three, Groveton uh, in the four, or however that, that battle of 287 breaks out as far as the top four out of that district. Yep. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be another interesting district to to watch. And then we might as well talk about them since we're, we're talking small school, 2A, uh, is you move over there to the Love Lady District. And, you know, somebody made a comment over <laughs> over my comment about Love Lady by 100 if they want to. But it's the truth. And they probably could have. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee they didn't stop the clock in between quarters. It was running the whole time. But uh, Deweyville and Love Lady in the driver's seat out of that district, both of them 2-0 and in district records. Evadale 1-1, one one, Holday Zeta 1-1, one one, Comasnell 0-2, and, and Sabine Pass 0-2. So uh, your top two teams, Deweyville and Love Lady. Love Lady in the top ten. I don't see anybody shutting them down. Love Lady plays – Deweyville the last week of the regular season. They got Spain Pass and Evadale this week, so they're not going to see a challenge until they look at Deweyville, and I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be kind of like that Nickelback song, Next Contestant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Love Lady's got full control over that district, and, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of been a, a Love Lady fan over the last couple of years. Uh, and don't ask me why necessarily. Maybe it's because I, I, I it's cause, it up there for a while. But <laughs> that and, and it's you know it's that small town, Jason Aldean type atmosphere yeah. down there in Love yeah. Lady. You know what I'm saying? That that's yeah. how I feel about Love Lady. And, and I've been a fan. I've been a fan of Love Lady for for several years, uh, probably ten to fifteen years. Been following them. And and I enjoy that small town football. My wife's family lives up there. There's several kids that that have moved from Cold Spring up there to Love Lady. There's a coach that was in Cold Spring that's at Love Lady uh, that I think a lot of uh, Coach Jim Bird. And, and uh, you know, I just I just really I pull for them guys, and they they're on a roll. Oh, definitely. They they were on a roll last year, and um, but they're in a they're definitely in a tough, uh, region. Yes. Um, you know, when you look when you look at two, a, uh, division two, I mean, uh, you have your marks of the world and that's a, <laughs> that's a tall order. And anytime you have to beat that, that team in the playoffs. No, it is. And if you go back and you look at their 2022 record, it was Mart who knocked them out. They, they exactly. rolled through everybody till they got to Mart and they lose to Mark, uh, in the in the semifinals, uh, fifty six to six was the final in that game. But so, uh, you know, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that Love Lady's going to repeat and be in the state semifinals once again. I think so too, and I think it's going to be them and Martin. I, I agree. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we got one more thing, one more topic we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about bucket list football stadiums so finally. Uh, yes finally <laughs> well you, you had to get you to show up to be able to talk about it you're listening i to, know <laughs> you're listening to the 590 sports show on texas podcast media we'll be back right after this 
Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We here are we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio. We record, we edit, we do all the work, and we upload it to all the feeds: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info at texaspodcastmedia.com. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Welcome back to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Trent Hart, Toby Tullis skipped out on us. He's MIA, dude. Like, he still hasn't messaged me back or nothing. He snuck into the ALCS game is what happened. He's a sorry dog. That's all I got to say. <laughs> sorry dog. So we, well, he was he was disappointed, though, if he, if he went to that game. No, very much so. Very much so disappointed. I, that's what took us so long to get in the studio and get rolling because I was watching the game myself. Uh, here at the house where I run up to the studio and got on there. I, I can smell my wife's cooking dinner downstairs, and uh, she's going to be hollering here in a little bit. But one more segment that we wanted to cover, we was going to talk about it last week, uh, last two weeks, and, and never got to it. You wasn't here last week, but uh, talking about stadiums. And, and if you go back to one of the first podcasts that we put out here on the 590 Sports Show, I talked about my bottom five stadiums that I went to have done games as a broadcaster, right? All of those opinions were strictly as me being a broadcaster and right. and what how I viewed the stadium as far as amenities and so on and so forth and being able to do them. And I've done some games in some big, big stadiums, AT&T, NRG. Uh, I've been to Baylor, the new stadium, and the old stadium. Uh, I've done games at both of them. Um, where else have I been? I'm and I, and I'm thinking big city, big big stadium wise. I opened up the playoff season, uh, Cold Spring and East Chambers at CE King Stadium, and you put together a great list of of stadiums. Well, and see, my list is based morally because I'm I'm a history buff, and when it, whenever I look at stadiums around the state, I look at more of the the history behind them, and I didn't really necessarily think of. The, your big stadiums like AT&T or, or NRG and things like that. Um, and and my, my list of stadiums that I've broadcast from is much shorter than yours is. Um, while I've been able to do some, some good ones, Randall Reed is, is a great stadium to broadcast from. Yes. Um, and so is uh, Waller ISD and Wood Forest Bank Stadium is, enough, is, you know, three of the better ones that we've been to. And even, even Stephen F. Austin uh, that we went to on that Newton game, uh, against harmony uh, was was pretty you know accommodating as well just I mean and that's an older stadium 
it's an older stadium, and and we were actually we weren't even in our own room, right? Right. We, we were sitting down in the bleacher, not bleacher, but the media area where the sports writers and stuff where they sit. That's where we were at in that stadium, but it was still accommodating. We have a lot of room. Actually, have more room in there than what we would have had in a regular booth, right? Uh, right, and I, I kind of enjoyed that. It was kind of we kind of were able to stretch out and, and had elbow room, right? Yes, most definitely. And, and so we weren't on top of each other, and, and, and was able to do the game. And, and Terry was set off to our left with the camera and was able to give us some great shots throughout that game as uh, as we watched it. So. I enjoyed that was probably the third or probably the third or fourth game that I've done at SFA, but that was the first one I had done sitting where we were. I had normally been in a broadcast booth, right? Uh, doing a radio broadcast. So I, I've been able to do them and, and looking at some of the stadiums you've been to, um, I have yet to do a game in Willis. I have done a game at Del Mar, Stephen F. Austin, um, Randall Reed, we did that game basically together, but separate, right? Uh, I've been to Waller, and uh, I remember when Waller, we thought that was, oh, my gosh, that was the nicest stadium around, right? As oh, yeah. As going in there, because it was really the first one outside of Houston that had an elevator going to the press box. Which is always nice. Yes, it is. Anytime you don't have to climb the – uh, the the bleachers to get up to the press box is always a good thing. No, most definitely because um, you uh, you haven't done a game at Crockett, but one trip of, with all your stuff going up to the top of the of Monty Jack Driscoll to get in the press box, you're going to be wore out. You're going to have to carry. You're going to have to get a couple of the football players to help you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, when you're hauling up that much equipment, it's it's a, it's a chore sometimes. But uh, but no, when I was looking at some of these stadiums, uh, you know there was <clears throat> there was some that you know really jumped out at me like i you know you, you mentioned the tomato bowl yes i think i've had that on number two on my bucket list but now i'm more thinking about it and that's one that i really really want to go and broadcast from so the tomato bowl whether i broadcast or just go watch a game there that is my all-time number one right that is at the very top of my list to go to uh, i've never been there i've heard about it for a long time but that is the all-time number one stadium that I want to go to and I will go to it at some point in my career whether it's to watch a game and or to broadcast I will go do a game there in Jacksonville Texas yeah I mean that that stadium it was built what 1938 is what I show on here yes it's got they can hold a little over 8,000 people Um, you know when you look at some of these older stadiums and what they were originally built for uh, tomato bowl was originally built for $120,000 and then they went up through a $30 million renovation in 2019. That is absolutely crazy. And, and now I'm really wish I would have went prior to 2019, 2020 to be able to see it in its old state versus where it is now. Well, I think that they were, I mean, if I was reading some of this stuff was correctly is that they were able to keep a lot of that original feel and look of the stadium. And the, the, I think the bulk of the, the renovations came from the turf and the press box and maybe the field house, that type of thing, instead of actually uh, the stand aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Or the outside. And I think I read somewhere that it was, 
uh, close to uh, some railroad tracks over there, if I'm not mistaken, too, which is is one of the aspects that made it unique. I'm looking at I'm looking at your list as we go down. You got R and R Jones Stadium in El Paso was built in 1960. Yeah, uh, twelve thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's what. I, okay. Yeah, my my redneckness come out, but it cost them <laughs> a twelve thousand uh, seat capacity. And uh, they built that stadium for $500,000. Alex, your number three list is Allen. And I'd like to go there um, as that was the first, like, the Megaplex stadiums in in Texas. That was really the first one. And then not only did they build it, but then they had to back off of it because they had some foundation issues and had to get that stuff. Yes, that happened the year that it opened. And uh, they had to back out of it and and uh, fix those issues in order to be able to to have it, if you will, safe for uh, the patrons to be able to come in and, and, and watch football. Then you look at uh, South Fair's FCU Stadium. I've done a game there. Uh, I, that's a that is a stadium that I didn't know a whole lot about until I started diving into some of this. That is a beautiful stadium. <clears throat> no, it is it is an absolutely beautiful stadium. Uh, I've done a couple games there, matter of fact, uh, there and the Berry Center. Uh, so, but yeah, I've done several games out that way uh, when Cold Spring was uh, making deep runs in the playoffs and looking at Wimberley and uh, Rockdale and some of them other schools. And uh, that's where they would end up picking those games to be played at due to the drive distance for each school. Right. Excuse me, getting all kinds of choked up. An hour and a half of doing podcast. It's 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 working on me. Uh, going on to Farrington Field up in Fort Worth. I've never been up there. Never even heard of it. But I, I know how you are. And whenever we got to talking about this and you looking into it, you're like, I know you dug deep into a lot of old stadiums. <laughs> Yeah, I did, and that's that's one that's it was built in in 1939, and and uh, you know some of these some of these older stadiums kind of I, I don't know I'm drawn to them more than than probably most people are. They they look at these you know these huge uh, modern stadiums like uh, like in Katy Legacy. I've never done a game there. I'd like to, but uh, you know you look at some of these older ones, and I'm I'm kind of captivated by them, and, and just kind of you know would like to say he I'd like to at least go see a game there um, or maybe broadcast it one day, even though that's in the North uh, Texas in the Fort Worth area. Um, you said you've done one and uh, have you done one in legacy yet? I have not done one at legacy yet. I have not. So that one, I actually, big, I, I put the elevators in at legacy, but I did, I've never done a game there. Right. There's, so there's that one and you've done one at Sheldon uh, CE King. Yep. Uh, Cold Spring and East Chambers. A, that was the year they opened that stadium up. Yep, yep. And then you got the the big twelve thousand capacity one in McKinney. Yep. Uh, that's a that's a big stadium. Then of course you got Tomball ISD Stadium, uh, which was just built in twenty twenty one. That is a uh, a big stadium in in our area as well. <clears throat> and that <clears throat> excuse me, that Tomball Stadium is almost a mirror image of what they built 
out there at C.E. King as well as what's down there in Clear Lake at Challenger mm-hmm. Stadium. Uh, the same builder actually built all three of those, but they're super nice stadiums. And, and I'll tell you, I love, as a broadcaster, I love the visibility that those stadiums have for whatever press box you're in. You can see the entire field uh, from one end to another. It's just, it's really nice. Well, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the press box. Right. Right. I mean, you're, you you could be sitting on the far right inside of that press box and still be able to see everything in the field and, and broadcast, you know, like you want to. Um, I think the first time I was up that high was at Randall Reed and, it was kind of intimidating broadcasting from that height, but uh, over time you, you realize that uh, when you're that high and you, uh, if you're doing live streaming, you rely more on your monitor than you do actually looking down at the field. You do because you can't hardly see the numbers up there. And that's one of the things that when we talk about stadiums and broadcasting and such, that's what I like. Like <clears throat> whenever I talked about my bottom five, Toby asked me, what was your favorite, my favorite stadium, Last year that I did a game in was in Henderson, uh, that new stadium that they got up there. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. facility. It's it's multifunctional, right, for uh, for a broadcaster uh, and the way that stadium's set up. <clears throat> There's an elevator gets you up to the press box. You still got to walk a little ways. But uh, the way that stadium's set up is just so nice. And you can sit up there and you can call a game. Uh, bleachers from uh, from 20 to 20. Uh, just a really nice stadium over there. And, and one of my top stadiums that I've ever done a game in as far as visibility, being able to see numbers down there on the field, Brian Besh and I did that game, uh, and, and functionality as well. Uh, and the hospitality at that stadium was just absolutely unbelievable. But And then your number 11 on the bucket list is Alamo Stadium. Believe it or not, I've actually been to a game there. Yeah, that's one of those older stadiums that uh, I just kind of was like an honorable mention uh, as I was going through there. And I was like, man, I'd like to go and, and visit that stadium one of these days, too. Uh, I think that's the biggest stadium in the state as far as capacity is concerned. Uh, over 18,000 people can get in there. Yes, I did a game. I went to a game there. A friend of mine, I was working in San Antonio and a guy I was working with, his son was playing and. He's like, man, why don't you come to a game? And I was like, okay. So that was the one time that I went to Alamo Stadium. I was in San Antonio working. And that was the only reason why I was able to get in there and uh, and, and go see that stadium. And so seeing it on your list after being there, after going to the – you know what I mean? Gosh, it was right. 15 years ago, 10 or 15 years ago that I was there. Before I ever started broadcasting. Wow. So yeah, uh, that's that's one that, that that's kind of overwhelming probably when you step in there to see how big it actually is. Yeah, it really is. So uh man, well, there's it's been a long night. <laughs> My voice, I can feel it. It's going. And I know you got <laughs> you got some unique Texas stadiums. Let's bring those unique Texas stadiums up next week and I will Sounds give good to me. I will give my top 5 football stadiums that I've done games at. I can do the same, even though it's not that many. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So we'll bring that next week to the show. And and over on the 590 Sports page, I'll put it up there towards the end of the week. 
or through the weekend, but y'all get in there and comment and tell us what your favorite high school, Texas high school football stadium is. And, and I'm holding it to high school football. And, and even whenever I talk about my top five, I, it will not be a college stadium. It will be a legit high school stadium that yeah. I talk about because that's, you know, uh, we know what the college stadiums and NRG and AT&T, we know what they're about. But I will give my top five uh, stadiums that I've been to over the last, I don't know, 15 years of doing football games. So it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a wrap for this week in Texas high school football on the 590 Sports Show with Trent Hart. I'm Craig Irwin. We'll see you at the game. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all.